0: Did you know podcasts reach millions of people every month?
1: Podcast advertising is a great way to reach new customers. In fact, you'll be speaking directly to them. Visit audiometric.io now to find out more.
0: we do we get to take a look back and compare and i'm a statistics person so we can compare stats and see what we rated versus some of the other sections of episodes that we've gone through
1: rhino blasts its air horn in front of miles and he just replies, shut up that was hilarious
0: <laughs> which i initially missed when i watched the episode
1: all oh, right i remember you mi- missing that 21
0: through 30 Came back in it was more like those first ten and a lot of the same characteristics. Right.
1: Mask cast. Computer, scan files. Select mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason Gross, radio broadcaster, retro gamer, blogger, mask movie co writer, vehicle code name 6000, 80s guru skills critical, Wyatt Blue. Broadcast technician, DJ, airman, masked movie co writer, vehicle codename
0: Phoenix, 80s analysis vital. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome, listeners, to MassCast 42 and our final podcast of 2014. We appreciate everyone joining us and giving us your input into each episode. Tonight we'll be overviewing the 10 episode section of the Mask animated series from episode 21 all the way to episode 30. We'll be talking about the best and worst moments from each episode, we'll reveal the poll results of what you, our audience, chose as the best and worst episodes, and we'll also compare our personal ratings to the first 20 episodes of Mask. We'll also talk about the special episodes that we released over the course of this section. And before we go, we'll lay out our plan for 2015 in MassCast. But before we start the extravaganza, let us introduce ourselves. I'm Jason. And as always, I'm joined by my partner in crime, the Odie to my Garfield. Friends are there to help you get started, to give you a push on your way. Wyatt. How are you? <laughs> oh, I guess I'm
1: supposed to talk. Odie never talked. He just probably <laughs> got smacked or pushed off a table. <laughs>
0: well, Garfield understood him.
1: He did. <laughs>
0: oh, I love Garfield back in the day.
1: Yeah, that was the classic, and I know I've, we've said it quite a few mascots ago, but I still remember to this day your poster. Uh, in your bedroom, it yes. you had Garfield doing the well blah, look. <laughs> Love that! I always got a chuckle out of seeing that all the time.
0: Yeah, that, that pretty much matched my personality to a T. <laughs> back then,
1: uh, well, it, yes, and even uh, a little later, uh, one of our early stunts with uh, radio, if you remember, uh, one of our fellow DJs, you uh, used to like to perturb him a, a bit. Yes. With sayings, well, duh, and whatever. and uh, Whatever, yeah.
0: <laughs> whatever was a big one to him. He didn't like that. No. One thing I always wanted from Garfield was the Garfield phone that you picked up and his eyes opened. You know, and then you put the receiver back down and his eyes closed. You remember that phone? I do.
1: I guess I liked that, but I really liked uh, more the uh, clock that they had. Yeah. Where his eyes, I think, went back and forth. Yes. So I I really thought that was cool, but I never, I do not remember if that thing ever, I know it was a take on the cuckoo clock, so I don't know if it did anything when it hit the top of the hour, or if it...
0: I never had one, but... I don't either, so... (laughs) I just remember seeing it in
1: in the Sears catalog. (laughs) Yes,
0: yeah, there was merchandise for everything back then, and... Of course you remember when Garfield was uh, popular they had those ones with the suction cups you put on your car yes. you know <laughs> I think we did have one of those at one point but I love Garfield and uh, luckily my sons enjoy the Garfield and Friends and they enjoy the new cartoon as well um so it was interesting that um actually the you know the voice of Garfield was uh the same person who did Peter on the real Ghostbusters?
1: Yes. And, you know, I, I know it was a different voice, but I still imagined, and it's funny because how Bill Murray ended up being Garfield later on.
0: <laughs> right. It was almost like a complete circle. Uh, Lorenzo Music is the guy that did his voice. So he was playing the character of Bill Murray in Ghostbusters and then jumped over to Garfield and then later Bill Murray. Play the voice of Garfield in all the movies. So
1: <laughs> right, you know, but I always, for whatever reason, in my mind, and maybe it's because it sounded, um, sounded very similar to Bill Murray. I saw Bill Murray. I never saw the actual. I never thought of the uh, mm-hmm. the original voice actor for Garfield. But like I said, when you said when when they transitioned to Bill Murray, I thought it was kind of odd. Really, yeah. So.
0: Well anyway, uh let's uh let's put Garfield back in the old uh cage.
1: Yeah, he needs a, a <laughs> your <tiny> break.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he needs a nap, yeah. And uh let's transition right into what's happening in the mask community. Well, recently, I wanted to take a brief moment basically just to talk about all the hype it seems that mask has been getting lately and the first thing we saw was uh, a post going around about Hasbro renewing the trademark, which I kind of took as more of a CYA covering your backside here and uh, just basically keeping the brand in house and renewing it. Not necessarily, you know, I don't think there's anything that necessarily says that they're going to do anything new in 2015 with it just by renewing the trademark. I mean, they've been renewing it for years since they took it over from Kenner back in the early 90s. So I, people were getting excited about that. I tried to bring him down back to the uh, ground level, so to speak. And then uh, our friends over at the Kenner Toys Twitter account which I follow, which is a great account by the way. It's not a verified account. It's not like an official Kenner or Hasbro account, but they then tweeted about a week or so ago that they had a source inside Hasbro saying they had a creative team already assembled to work on Mask for something in 2015. So I, you know, even more rumors kind of were floating around then that maybe mask is going to make a comeback here in 2015. Uh, what was your take from, uh, from all that going on? Well,
1: initially I, I must be part of a bandwagon type brigade because initially I was thinking, well, well I see this. Maybe they are going to do something. Maybe they are, they are, they have a movie or a cartoon idea. They're trying to restart the whole mask franchise after a couple of days. And, and actually talking with you offline, uh, I think there's two things going on. I, I, I'm i more in sync with your thinking that it's probably just a simple keeping the license to them and they're, they're keeping their own uh, rights to it and so forth. So they got to reapply every 10 years, every or whatever the frequency is. But right. I think that there is. If nothing else, this is good fodder on Twitter, uh, on any mask Facebook or Web page. And to see if that stokes up more interest. Um, I'm sure there was quite a bit of interest with the Transformers when Michael Bay tried to redo it. But mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that isn't something – if there's enough kindling for that fire to go, I wonder if Hasbro is going to say, yeah, let's give it a shot. We've we've inserted words, uh, mm-hmm. people's names uh, in certain movies done this we got a lot of hype let's see you know maybe they're going to reintroduce the toy line or a couple toys to see if it works out alongside the the, the hype or if it's going to be one of these that yeah we got lots of loyalists we got a lot of fans from the 80s but there's no real interest it's going to, you know we'll just keep the logo for a souvenir i don't know yeah so uh I'm really either way. I don't know what will happen. I would like to see something, and I know you and I have talked, uh, uh, perhaps just finally getting our script done. and uh, Well, it's done, but redoctored, uh, cleaned up, and just, uh-huh. hey, Hasbro, we saw you're doing this. Here's our script. Take a look. See what <laughs> we can do. Come on. Let's bring masks and use ours.
0: Yeah. Um, well, that's, an, that's an interesting opinion. You talk about there where, you know, could this be sources trying to, you know, like you say, kindle something or start some things going and see how much hype it does actually get over the web. And they're planting little seeds and see, you know, what comes up. But... At the same time, you know i I don't wanna extinguish anything either by saying, "Well, let's just remain calm, proceed with caution, you know, and don't get your hopes up for something huge. I mean, I would love just to see a couple of things, maybe like a thirtieth anniversary figures or a vehicle or something or or at least let some of these other companies um we've seen these. Reaction figures from like the Back to the Future and Goonies come out last year. Um, Funko seems to do everything on those little vinyl pop figures now. Ghostbusters and seems at least they've done about everything that can be done. So it would be fun to at least give the the rights to mask out to maybe some of these other companies and create some figures or uh, or just some fun stuff, you know, for the 30th anniversary. So, I'm still keeping that level head moving forward, and that, you know, the original trademark was applied for in 1984. Here it is, the end of 2014, 30 years later, obviously, with the with 10 year span on the trademark, they're just re upping uh, to keep it going. So, I just following the paper trail back to, uh, I think I followed it back to. 2009 when they at the five year point they have to fill out more paperwork and such I just think we just need to keep a level ahead at at this point but uh, at the same time
1: well I agree with you we can't we should keep more of a level ahead you know there was a lot of hype with it but uh, I I don't want it to be one of these oh they're just redoing their license Just uh, whatever Yeah, yeah. If there there is any type of kindling at all, that that might kill it.
0: Yeah. Well, and one thing I did want to put out there, too, if we, you know, try to contact them or if we see something official coming out of Hasbro, we'll be the first ones to let everybody know. We're not going to hold anything like that back for any reason. So if we do find out something that, you know, we feel is more legitimate – we're going to pass that along, and then we can really start hyping it. Right. <laughs> and start guessing, you know, well, what are they going to do, you know? So, well, let's. Uh, that's about all I wanted to talk about uh, in the mass community as we wind down 2014 and we get into 2015. Before too long, sir, let's go ahead and take a look back at what we've done. <laughs> actually it took us uh, quite a while to get through 21 to 30. Yeah. Compared to the first 20, which uh, it's it's been over I don't know about two years I guess it took us. Um, this was taking breaks and everything from MassCast, but I'm glad we're finally through this section. We can kind of start fresh in the new year. But it's fun to I always enjoy these uh, overviews that we do. We get to take a look back and compare. And I'm a statistics person, so we can compare stats and see what we rated versus some of the other sections of episodes that we've gone through. So this is always fun. But what do you say we get it started?
1: I say it's time to start the Masked Cast. So we're looking at episode 21, Mardi Gras' mystery. The plot here is that the Mask Team enjoys a New Orleans Mardi Gras, but finds Venom there trying to steal the formula to a super fuel. Now, I guess the best moments that I had come up with for this episode was really the fuel additive where Scott kind of sneaks a little drop into T-Bob's fuel tank and you see him just <laughs> you know rocket off and go berserk. Like he that was really a great does. moment. Hopefully the university can refine the sap and provide a new fuel source that could benefit
0: everyone. That is, benefit everyone except
1: T-Bob. <laughs> a couple other ones that I really saw that I liked was the – it was goofy, but I liked it. was the go-go gadget arms that T-Bob did a couple times throughout tried to uh, get up off the tree, I think was one of the scenes. Yep. And uh, finally, I liked Venom having a slight upper edge for at least uh, a, what seemed like a substantial – moment. They always show a little bit of upper edge at the beginning and it and I'm being facetious here, but it seems like within 5 minutes they're turning yellow and running away. <laughs> right. So, this episode it looked like they actually had a good upper edge for a little bit of a time before Mask, you know, kicked their butt and sent them home. <laughs> what did you I think about say- your the best moments?
0: Yeah, I I was along your lines as, I I thought this was a great episode. I thought this they used uh, Scott and T-Bob pretty well in this episode with assisting the girl. And it was more parallel to the actual plot, but they did get involved at a couple points there. And then um, I I really thought there was some great transition between scenes where at one point where Mayhem... He shot the Viper mask kind of right at the camera, and that sort of left the audience to use their imagination as to what happened next, because it just cut to the next scene. Viper, fire! I got a kick out of the costumes as well, you know, seeing Rex in a Native American costume and Mm -hmm. Dagger in the clown outfit and... We've got Matt, who is Robin Hood, and Scott and T-Bob as the uh, cowboy and Indian.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just I thought that was funny. Um, stuff I didn't really like about this, and I've wavered on this throughout MassCast, really, about how Matt and Scott and T-Bob sometimes recognize and sometimes don't recognize Venom. Right. And at the beginning, really, when they pull up in the Piranha bike, um, warning, warning, you know, (laughs) Venom on scene, it just seemed kind of hokey that they didn't notice them even though they were dressed up in costume or whatever. So that's, you know, I take that as a grain of salt as there's some episodes where they do a good transition with that and there's some that they just, I feel like, they should at least be able to identify venom and venom, somewhat identify mask. But that's all I really had a problem with, I guess, in this episode. Did you see anything you really didn't like?
1: The only thing that really annoyed me, and and I made comment about this on on our mask Cast twenty nine, is that I am w- not sure if it's a YouTube fault, the 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 person that recorded the episode for YouTube or if it was actually the cartoon's fault but it shook the mm-hmm. picture the the actual picture moved back and forth throughout the entire episode and that was uh I didn't fault it or take let it take away from the rating at that point but that annoyed me I think that's the worst really the big the big or worst moment out of the whole show for me was that movement
0: yeah I didn't I didn't really Noticed that myself, I know there's a couple different uh, accounts on YouTube that host Mask episodes, and the one I typically use uh, from the same guy has the whole episode in one video instead of you know breaking it up or whatever. And those seem to be pretty well you know done uh, as far as they're not doesn't look like it came off a, a VCR tape or something, you know? right? <laughs> But, um, yeah, I, th- I think we can uh, both kind of agree that our what we took away as bad moments really didn't affect the rating too much as we both gave this episode a four. And then, um, according to our listeners, the polls, uh, 69% voted this episode either a five or a four. So it was one of those that was pretty well done out of this stretch here. And I believe I mentioned in the... I think it was the A Matter of Gravity podcast that I kind of regretted maybe not giving this a 4.5 and rounding up to a 5. And maybe I was a little too picky on the ticks that I had uh, throughout the episode. But I think we both agree this was a pretty solid episode.
1: I agree. Well, that brings us on to Episode 22, The Secret of Life. The plot here is Venom steals an ancient Egyptian tablet from King Tut's tomb, which may contain the secret of life. Well, finally, someone found the secret of life. (laughs) Uh, I guess the best moments for me were the Indiana Jones treasure hunt feel. I still get captivated to this day watching Indiana Jones, and and though it's not 80s, I still like uh, the, the later movies that Nicholas Cage has been doing the. Uh,
0: oh, National Treasure. Yes,
1: those have been pretty yeah, good too.
0: they've been great movies. I do enjoy those.
1: And I, I, the other one that I really liked, and it's more comical, but it's hilarious to me, was when Rhino blasts its air horn in front of Miles, and he just replies, "Shut up." That was hilarious.
0: <laughs> Which I initially missed when I watched the episode.
1: all uh, right, right. I remember you and, m- missing that, and you had to take yeah. it back or look back and listen to it.
0: that was one of the things i have taken away i guess in this stretch is i seem to pull more stuff out obviously when i'm listening to it like in headphones rather than just from a computer speakers you know right so i think i miss a lot even some of the music in uh, some of those later episodes that you recognized as new music and i totally missed <laughs> um because i was listening at work so <laughs> <laughs> which I don't have headphones, and if I'm sitting at my desk listening to headphones, people might get suspicious. But anyway, um, yeah, I thought this was kind of an okay episode. I did like the beginning. It was very Scooby-Doo-like, I think I called it. Mm-hmm. it the animation was pretty great uh, with the that mummy creature or whatever at the beginning. But there were some other things that just brought the episode down A few notches for me. Mainly, uh, it seemed like Lifter was uh, being used way too much in this episode and that maybe the writers could have incorporated some of the other masks or something throughout instead of using Lifter every, you know, (laughs) every other scene, it it seemed like at least.
1: Right. Well, for me, the worst was probably the, the when the mask voice change was there to me it seemed like there was way too much reverb.
0: Yeah, I do remember discussing that as well and like we've done in, in other episodes where we kind of marked down or at least notch a tick against changes from the norm and it did seem like their voice was a little bit off in this episode for whatever reason. But I guess that kind of reflected in the ratings somewhat for me, not so much for you, as I gave this episode a 3, and you gave it a 4.5 and rounded up to Mm 5, which our listeners mainly agreed with you on this one, as 64% of the voters gave it a 5 or a 4. So I was more on the low end when my rating And even though, you know, I was in the low end, still a three, eh, it's an okay episode. It's not overly great. It's not bad. So I was more in the middle with this one.
1: Right. Well, that leads us on to episode 23 Vanishing Point. (laughs) Venom hijacks planes by setting up a fake airport, jamming radars. And confusing pilots to land there. Well, the best moments for this one for me was really that that high-tech jet. If I remember right, it looked kind of like uh, the Transformers pterodactyl Dinobot. If I remember right, that the jet kind of the nose yes. of the jet folded in a little bit. Swoop, swoop. So I liked that look. I like the cross there, the, the cross between the two worlds, so to speak, to me. Uh, along with the Thunderhawk um, climbing out of the ravine, and I likened it because, one, we used that similarity in one of our final scenes in uh, our movie script as well as – well, me and loving all my other TV shows. It looked like a scene from Airwolf, so uh, I couldn't pass that up from being the, <laughs> the best part for me.
0: Swerve out of this one, Along your lines, there were some great uh, action scenes and drama Uh, basically throughout. There was the scenes with the the pilots being held captive there, and uh, Vanessa, I think at one time, used her whip mask to check one of them in line, you know. (laughs) You won't get away with this. Just don't try anything smart, or I'll give you a taste of this. It was just a great episode, I think. One of the best out of the ten. Uh, great animation. Some of the scenes almost look like straight out of a comic book, which always earn extra points for me, as uh, you can tell they're well drawn and some very good detail to a lot of the scenes in this episode. The only bad thing, I guess, I took away was we kind of lost Vanessa there at the end uh, after seeing her throughout the episode just kind of like she up and disappeared yeah. towards the end but overall it was a pretty good episode did you what was your ticks about this one
1: the only one that really I guess resounds or sticks out for me is uh, where T-Bob went berserk just seemed to be way too much huh oh no I'm getting back here Looks like T-Bob just broke
0: Mark
1: 6. <laughs> I mean, re- really, we always pick on – we unfortunately pick on T-Bob probably more than Scott, it seems. But this one, this particular episode, he just seemed to flip out way too much. Uh, that I do remember that standing out for me <laughs> the most. Otherwise, everything else was – Pretty solid. Uh, I like. I, liked, yeah. I liked like. Like you said, it was a solid episode. Uh, it's still not. Uh, we're we're going to have to do an overall rating of everything. You know that. <laughs> what was well, our What was our Emmy and what was our not yeah. so Emmy?
0: Well, I, we're going to kind of do that at the end, where we give our our favorite moment or least favorite moment of the whole series or whatever. But I think the for the most part you know the little things we did take away that were ticks or bad didn't affect the ratings as we both gave it a 4.5 and rounded up to a 5 and the voters agreed with us as 92% of them voted also for a 5 so this was definitely one of the best of the 10
1: and that leads us on to counterclockwise caper Never seen so many lights. Well, that's what they say about Las Vegas. It's daylight here day and night. Venom conducts a series of heists of Las Vegas casinos using a reversing machine. So, the best for me out of this was I like the use of Rhino's battering ram on Jackhammer. And really, there was so much, and I think we already stated this uh, in the episode on MassCast 33 that we just saw like the treasure trove of everything's all similarities to our movie script. I yes. think that's what stuck out stuck out the most for me because like we pulled away that we use Vegas as one of the scenes. We use Lake Mead, uh Gloria even flirts with uh Matt a tad, yep. uh, the spattering Ram used, the dog fight with Manta and Thunderhawk and Switchblade. It just so much that was there that, I enjoyed that there was so much that we used or must have seen for our our movie right there, uh, right. And the, finally the the one thing that I liked for animation was how Gloria's eyes like brightened when she said "mask on." Uh, mm-hmm. That was just something I I remember taking away that that was uh, it was like the animator really wanted to capture the the anxiety to get that mask on. Mm-hmm. For the for the next scene,
0: it's Venom. Mask on. Yeah, I think that was right as Matt was falling from the the uh, restaurant atop the the tower. There wasn't it when she used the the mask to save him.
1: Actually, it's in the scene where she comes upon Venom exiting their hideout in, uh. in Switchblade, and that's when she. Basically sees them hauling the device, and that's when she stops and issues that command for mask on that's gotcha. where the animation gotcha. is
0: yeah i mean, I'd liked it for the same basically the same reasons you did. There was a little insight into Matt and Gloria as they're on vacation together, you know at the beginning of the episode right just some um, like stuff that kind of bothered me with this one. it just seemed like there was an unnecessary vehicle mix-up with the drivers for no apparent reason where we have Dusty driving Rhino, I think, at one point, and uh, Gloria's in Thunderhawk, and they just, I don't know, for some reason that got all fouled up.
1: <laughs> right.
0: And it, it, I don't know, it like I said, it just didn't seem for no reason. And then the commercial break felt different as well. There was really no drama leading in as we... I think, pretty much get in every other episode (laughs) where there's something going on. And then, you know, for some odd reason, there wasn't any drama. They just took a break while they were, I think, sucking up some of the coins out of the casino. Right. So that was just, I don't know, just kind of stuck out to me. But um, did you see anything that bothered you in this one?
1: The only one that really bothered me was, again, that odd reverb effect that they used on the masks. It was... uh... Something uh, I don't know that I could really describe or attempt to, but it was just so odd you know it's like they like we've noticed throughout certain episodes they wanna they seem to want to experiment with certain sounds, whether it's the watch uh or the the mask voices uh and this one again in particular, it just to me that was that took away from the episode because they they messed it up so yeah. that that's yeah. all I. Really have for the- well,
0: it from what we saw, it didn't mark down too much as we both gave it a four. As the voters also were at 94% were at a five or a four when they voted. So, this was one of the again, one of the better ones out of the ten. And even though there was a little bit in there that we didn't necessarily think was good, it was still a pretty yeah, solid episode. I agree.
1: That brings us on to episode 25, The Plant Show. <laughs> Venom threatens to cover the city of Los Angeles with a choking, kutsu-like mutated vines, unless the people of California pays a hefty ransom. Well, MassCast34 is where we displayed this episode, and for me, the Probably the best moment really was the use of the grappling hook from Condor where he's if I remember right, he uses it to rescue people from the vines. Yes. Rat! There are people caught in those new vines. We've got to help them. Let venom go for now. Roger Mac.
0: Hold still! I'm not moving. It's this venom vegetable.
1: Honestly, uh, it was a decent story, but I think that's probably the best thing that I could come up with because I remember rating this a three. Yeah. Um, So that's all I got. What about you?
0: Yeah, it was it was one of the worst I think out of this stretch. At least in my opinion, there was I don't know just overkill on the puns on all the Mm -hmm. (laughs) plant jokes. You know, one of the essential parts of the plot there was he's holding California ransom. Well, we never did find out for how much or what the actual ransom was, which just seemed kind of dumb to, right. <laughs> to announce that and not include that in the episode. And then, I don't know, there just seemed like too many conveniences as well throughout the episode, just instead of, in coincidences, you know, that were like, oh, really? <laughs> you know, as you're watching it. Um, I did like the rock concert setting at the beginning. That was probably yeah. my favorite part. And yeah, that kind of hinted into our movie script a little bit. And the the tie-in with the PSA was good for this one as well. But as you said before, we did rate this one a little bit lower. You were at a three, and I was at a two and a half, and rounded up to three. And the uh, poll indicated that Our listeners were kind of along our lines. 41% voted a 3, and then another 41% voted 5 or 4, a little bit higher. So we were on the low end of the scale overall, but there was some people that did agree with us that this wasn't one of the best ones.
1: Right. That leads us on to episode 26, Secret of the Andes. Mask must protect a revived Incan priest who has been found frozen in ice near the Andes Mountains and may know the secret location of El Dorado. Well, the best that I liked about this was the dogfight in the air with uh, all the vehicles. Mm -hmm. I loved the animation in that. Uh, That was probably the best uh, for some time for animation. As well as I liked the dramatic voice with doug stone i seem to pick it out periodically when the voice actors particularly doug stone just it seems like either they had their fifth cup of coffee or they finally (laughs) finally could truly attach themselves in that moment and we hear doug stone screaming for Scott. scott i i just I don't know. Maybe I'm just grabbing onto one little piece, but that was probably the best moments of this whole episode right there. What about you?
0: Yeah, I was along the same lines, although I wasn't as kind as you were in the rating. But um, I do remember the, the one scene where Condor swoops in suddenly and uh, quote unquote saves the day right. uh, at the one point. And the, like you said, the animation and the voice work were definitely the high points. Of this episode, the I don't know the plot didn't do it for me. I guess, and that Venom it was almost kind of a coincidence that they saw this news report on TV and decided, well, we're we're going to go do this for now. You know, it was more spontaneous than having a plan to go after Mask, and they were running interference more than you know being behind the actual plot. Which I don't know. Those episodes really don't do it for me as much as some of the other ones. Uh, and then there was the whole trick where they stole T-Bob from the campsite mm-hmm. there, and <laughs> it'd been a good opportunity to reveal any secret identities, you know. That's it. We're
1: ready. T-Bob. T-Bob. Matt. I haven't seen him all morning. Of course. Tupac wouldn't go anywhere without Tamula. Maya must have grabbed him sometime last night.
0: Again, those episodes where they just should – something like that should happen with the whole secret identity stuff and they don't keep it secret, um, those seem to weigh lower on me than, than some of the other episodes. Right. What did you see that you didn't like about this one?
1: I guess the worst of it for me was uh, – and I realize it's fictional. It's a cartoon – so it's all make-believe anyway, but it was hard for me to believe that they revived a 500-year-old dead man. I, I just – that one I I just could not – I I know it added to the plot, <laughs> yeah. but it just – that just did not do it for me. I just I had, had a hard time.
0: And they just happened to have a facility nearby with like cryogenic <laughs> – Oh, yeah. It
1: just happened to be a stone throw away right there.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was it was a little ridiculous again more uh, more coincidence or more uh, <laughs> unbelievable stuff than right. it should have been. But my rating was pretty bad. I've, I've rated this one a two, uh, although you were a little bit nicer. Uh, I guess the this was your uh, Lost Riches of Rio kind of episode where the animation and voice were way too heavy and the – the plot didn't, and you gave it a four-and-a-half and rounded it up to five. So, actually, it, the voting for everyone else the, was all over the board. 46% voted it a two or a one, while 38% voted five. So, it, it was either all or nothing with Pretty this, much, uh, yeah. this rating, and our ratings definitely reflected that as well.
1: That brings us on to episode 27 which is the review of panda power
0: and we're going to skip this episode right oh okay we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and do
1: it <laughs> okay <laughs> if you want we could skip it it wasn't the greatest was it <laughs> no
0: go ahead okay
1: go ahead. venom steals panda bears in china and transports them to easter island it's up to Mass to remove the pandas from harm's way and defeat Venom. Isn't it always up to Mass to defeat Venom? Right. <laughs> so, anyway, so this was on Mass 37, and for me, the best moments—I'm waiting for you to interrupt here because you really didn't like this—but the best <laughs> part for me was uh, with Matt falling. Andre! I don't know why that was one of my best parts, but I guess to see the the, the mortality, you know, Matt's falling and he doesn't have his mask or, or anything to save him. He's on his own. Yes. And I actually don't remember how he's rescued.
0: Oh, he's he dropped right into a uh, cart of tomatoes.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. He
0: made a little tomato soup.
1: Right. <laughs> but um and then I liked where T Bob was hot wired and had this kangaroo pouch for the little baby panda to to keep yeah. warm. That I liked. Um, was there even a best moment for you in this one?
0: Yeah, I mean, there was a, <laughs> a, a few little things that I liked and that we got to see more detail of the mask transport plane. That's true. Um, as it was in the air and landed and we got to see, I believe, the uh, the doors open and that little forklift that they had in there and then I did like when Manta got battered around by Rhino Um, I guess that's a ongoing theme (laughs) it happened several times throughout these uh, these 10 episodes where Rhino seems to get the best of Manta actually gets the best of most of the vehicles Um, those were the the moments I took out of this this was definitely one of the the lower end uh, episodes of all the ones we've watched so far in our our journey to watch them all. Um, I didn't like the plot. Uh, they used uh, stock footage for Thunderhawk a couple times. The sound effects I didn't like. It sounded like uh, Thunderhawk was in glider mode or something there at one point. I remember that, yeah. Wind whistling type sound effect. like the PSA <laughs> and then what really did it for me was they're out there to rescue the pandas and the sculptor well they got the pandas and who knows what happened to the sculptor at the end they just
1: he liked it at eastern island he wanted to be left behind
0: Well, oh, they they should have said something
1: i agree <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway um you were pretty kind about this one and
1: you weren't you, so kind. Uh, yeah,
0: you gave it a three and a half and rounded it up to four, and I gave it the big old one. Uh, it was the voting was really all over though for this episode: thirty six percent voted a five, twenty nine percent for a three, and twenty nine percent for a one. So
1: you weren't alone.
0: <laughs> yeah, you were more along the lines of the average, uh, towards the middle, and I was on the, on the extreme.
1: Well, this leads us on to Blackout. Mask tries to stop a new Venom vehicle that is capable of draining power supplies. I think many of us agree that, uh, including Jason and I, that we wished that this would have been in the toy line. Yes. Uh, It was a very cool vehicle, and I really did enjoy this episode. I even commented... Back on Mass Cast 39 that it seemed like the writers either were new writers completely or they got over their slump because this was a lot better uh, well-written episode. But the best things out of this that I took was I liked the look of Blackout. To me, it looked like a little bit of a Mopar feel, it looked like a old Plymouth Roadrunner to me. That's why I kind of liked it. As well as the vehicle battles. I really enjoyed the back and forth that we got to see, as well as the comical collisions that uh, they threw in there, which was, I think it added to it. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes we don't, we think of the comedy, unfortunately, as usually left up to either the very end or left to the dynamic duo. But I think the the collision there was uh, pretty nice how they handled it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I agree definitely agree that it was a welcomed episode after three straight par or subpar rated episodes. Right. Um at least on my end, but um it was solid. The plot was great and you know, I liked Matt's almost cockiness to go after Venom himself in this episode and the build up of the drama there at the commercial mm-hmm. with him laying face down and uh, this guess a uh, tanker on fire and kind of coming near him and T-Bob and Scott trying to save him
1: oh no T-Bob wake up Dad's in trouble T-Bob
0: and I did like the use of Scott and T-Bob in this episode especially T-Bob where he gets to help Defeat them at the end, and he's part of the plan, you know. With those
1: evil death stare eyes of his, <laughs>
0: <laughs> the uh, the karate kid stance that he takes, and um, it, I like that he wasn't his cowardly self True. <laughs> that we see a lot in the other episodes. Just a couple things that knocked it down for me was the long fade at the end where there wasn't any dialogue, and it just seemed like it took forever for the episode to end. Not that I wanted it to, but it was just out of the ordinary for me, and then they did recycle the PSA at the end, so combined with those couple things at the end and some of the other ticks, it uh, knocked it down a little bit for me. Did you say anything you didn't like about this one?
1: Uh, I guess the real big thing that got me really was the, the magnetism effect that they used where uh right at the beginning of the episode where yes. uh, they dragged everybody and all the metal that. objects to the roof. Yeah. That just I I it. again it's it's sci fi, it's animation, it's dream world, but that just did not make sense. I, I could I could see a wall or the front or back a lot better than being dragged up to the roof. Uh but uh that was that was the only thing really that I had a big tick yeah. about.
0: Well, the ratings were pretty much across the board about the same. I gave it a four, you gave it your four and a half and rounded to five, and eighty one percent of the voters rated a five or a four, so we were all pretty much in agreement. This was a pretty solid episode and welcomed after that. <laughs>
1: There that
0: before that but right. uh, great stuff in this episode
1: that brings us on to episode 29 a matter of gravity mm-hmm. venom uses a gravity ray to melt anything in its path which includes mask agent honda mclean and his vehicle firecracker if i remember right this was one of our other favorite episodes Uh, that we liked Uh, you were anxious to see nice talker aka hurricane be introduced in this episode
0: yeah that was basically my favorite my first one i believe i got as a kid Mm -hmm. and um i was just ready for some some new vehicles to join the show and uh, it was a welcomed i think a a great moment there at the end when he gets the vehicle and for the the most part it was a pretty solid episode you know anytime we see the mortality of the vehicles we enjoy that and i think we did see some of that in the vanishing point episode which we talked about earlier that's why i like that one so much as well where vehicles are getting crushed and uh, even the venom vehicles get a little bit destroyed i mean switchblade gets (laughs) pretty much destroyed in this one right but you know we obviously don't get a Outlaw until later in the show, but uh, it was still neat to uh, to get the new vehicle in this one. Uh, it, I did mark it down probably a little bit more. I gave it the benefit of the doubt when I rated it. Uh, after wa- wanting to rate uh, the Mardi Gras Mystery a little higher, I ended up uh, rating this one and giving it a little tick above probably what I would have liked to. But it was just mainly because... Uh, towards the end and the second half, the episode just felt rushed, and they didn't leave enough time for the setup scenes and the the travel scenes, and and you had to kind of come up with those yourself. And you're wondering, well, how much later is it, you know, in the timeline? And you know, when they got back to the to Boulder Hill to give them the new vehicle, we were wondering, is it that same day? Is it you know a couple days later or weeks later to build this thing? Uh just some issues with the timeline there, and the uh the masks weren't used much in this episode either um I remember I think Hondo using blaster one time to get out of the rubble and but uh, none of the the venom uh side i don't think used their masks at all, so that brought it down a little bit for me. Did you see anything
1: uh well, the thing that i guess the best part of it for me was the elevated floor. Uh, we got to see that brought back. Uh, it had been at, on a real long hiatus, so we didn't really see it, and we think that's oh, yeah, a, a big component of mask. Just like you know, and I mentioned it in this this mask cast forty that you know we, we always see Voltron go through the whole transformation and Lions launch and all that. We see Airwolf, you know, hit start one, start two to get ready to go. Why can't they do this elevated? floor room and had that. That's a component of yeah. mask. I also liked the detail seeing inside Rhino, seeing the gear shift being shifted and the gas pedal uh, mm-hmm. being worked. That and, I liked the detail like that.
0: And the sound effects that went with it, I remember you. Yes, uh,
1: I did. I did like the sound effects. Um, for me, the worst really was how they flipped the Thunderhawk transformations, not once, but twice. I, I, yeah, how do you do that? <laughs> but they messed that up all in Airwolf, and that's a whole other podcast yeah. somewhere else. But um, I just don't know how you missed that.
0: Yeah, and you know, and again with with not leaving much time for uh, some of the setup scenes, it's, they probably just threw that. Let's just do it this way, and we'll do it once this way, and the kids will never notice. You know, kind of a thing. But
1: the kids notice thirty years later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the kids are hard. Yes. Well, uh, the ratings were kind of all over the top half of the the rating scale on this one. I gave it a 3.5 and and rounded up to 4, and you gave it a a 4.5, rounded up to 5. And the poll had a three-way tie for the top percentage at 29%, all in the 5, 4, and 3 range. So... It was around the – we could probably say it's around the four range on average.
1: Yeah, I would uh, say
0: that. Made it a pretty good episode. Yeah.
1: That leads us to our final episode that we've recently reviewed, and that is Episode 30, Lost Riches of Rio. (music) Venom steals a seemingly worthless painting in Rio de Janeiro, Mask, however, learns that the painting may actually contain a secret map to lost Nazi treasure. The best part of this one, and there was very few uh, for me, as we uh, can recently remember, but uh, the, for, for me the best was the bickering back and forth from Vanessa to Rax mostly, but towards the end yeah. she included Dagger. What are you doing, Rax? That's a waste. What was that thing? I made it especially for you. Will you two be quiet? They did improve the animation. I did notice that, uh, like you, and the heroic effort that T-Bob does when they're on the cable car, uh, and they, as Alex is getting ready to get uh, Jackrabbit engaged, we see T-Bob scooting along uh, in unicycle mode across, which was pretty impressive, because he had that determined, still like a... I guess an angered look, but it probably was more of a determined look to come across the cable. Those were the best, uh, which were a few, but that was the best uh, for me in this one. How about you?
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously the, the antics with Vanessa and Rax were really good. The the writing was genuinely funny. Mm -hmm. I found in this episode and was laughing out loud several times, mainly at those two and some of the interaction between them and, I don't know. I coming into this episode and not remembering any uh, you know, specific times that I've gone through the whole series, but coming in and the the animation and the drawing was just essentially the best of the series so far in my opinion and that we saw several scenes uh new kind of animations with the characters walking and some real comic book like shading and 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 drawing a very good detail that a lot of the stuff that you noticed I guess I was <laughs> basically blinded by um there was some ticks I had with again with the lack of people using their masks this is mask hello right and then again the plot was more of a coincidence that they were both there in rio at the same time um and they didn't really into, you know, we're down here on a vacation, but we're also checking in on, we heard Venom was in the area or something that they've done in some of the other episodes to explain it a little bit more. But um, again, I was just enamored by how this looked like almost (laughs) a different cartoon altogether when I was watching it. Um, Just some great moments of like that one time when uh, Manta power slides to a halt Mm -hmm. and Vanessa steps out. Great stuff like that throughout. Um, should we go into your list of uh, <laughs> checks on this one?
1: <laughs> well, I pretty much concluded for the worst is it just all of it just rubbed me the wrong way. And in, in what the improved animation did, it was like they forgot how to do the detail. Some minor examples of that was how the Spectrum... Uh, we saw the spectrum gray flight suit for a moment in the Rhino command center when they're yeah. uh, at the top of that cliff there, but then they finally change it back to the Ultra Flash suit. Which that was—I realized it's minor, but I, you know, I caught it. The r- starting Rhino with the turn signal switch. There was just so much there that I, yeah. I just was so perplexed with. It's like they focused their detail on the animation but did not focus the detail on the actual details of the whole cartoon. <laughs> so I, I guess that was what really drove me down to my rating, which um, I know you're going to go over. But you, you saw my ratings as a 2, and I know you had a 4.5 and rounded up to a 5.
0: Yeah, and we were wondering – you know, there's such a disparity there between uh, three whole – points uh well two and a half uh, essentially right. but we did see that it has happened it, it happened a couple times earlier in this stretch where you rated 5 and I was down in the two range uh, or you rated 4 and I was in the one right <laughs> but it's usually on the the opposite side I'm usually more critical where this one Again, I just missed all that those little details that you noticed and was up in the five range and four and a half range and rounded up the five and you gave it the two. Um but the the voters were more in agreement with me as eighty five percent rated it a five or a four. So they were on my side this time, whereas some of the other ones they were <laughs> they were on your side. Right. But um that gets us down to uh We'll go ahead and go to our overview poll um, since we finished up our – going over the 10 episodes, and I posted up, as I try to do before each podcast, uh, a poll for listeners to give us feedback, and this time we had 49 total votes, uh, and people could vote for you know their favorite episodes within this stretch, and – Looks like the top vote getter is Vanishing Point, which we both uh, rated a five, I believe. And closely behind is the Counterclockwise Caper, and then Lost Riches of Rio and Blackout. Um, Some of the ones that barely got on the board were Secret of Life, Secret of the Andes, and Panda Power, which we, for the most part, rated lower. Right. I think you were a little bit more on those two than what I was, but that's essentially our results from the poll we did. We had one small little comment there from our pal Eric over at BoulderHill.net where he says, no Tupac, (laughs) which is in reference to the uh, Inca priest named Tupac in the – right. Uh, Secret of the Andes episode, which apparently was not one of his favorites. <laughs> but that's all the comments that we got. And we'll go right in, give our a little recap of our ratings. We didn't have any episodes that had a solid five. We found a few things and I can't remember exactly when we started doing the half rating. <laughs> that probably was my fault. Yeah, right you
1: started it, I actually think, in, um, I don't think it was episodes one through ten. I think it was through the second.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. Here
1: that something something didn't go and you you basically <laughs> said, if I could, it'd be a 4.5. But I believe in rounding up. And I yeah. think that just started it.
0: <laughs> yeah, but we didn't have any solid fives. We, no. We The combined best episode for us was Vanishing Point, which we both gave a 4.5. And then the second best, right behind that, was Blackout and Matter of Gravity, which you gave fives to those two, and I gave fours. The worst was, of course, the Panda Power that I voted one, Lost Riches of Rio that you voted two. The combined worst was Panda Power... Between my one and your four rating. And the second worst being the plant show, actually, which we both gave threes. So that's a little recap of how we rated these and our best and worst to go with the uh, the poll that we had up there. Let's throw out there maybe some favorite moments uh, from the episodes, um, as we've done before. Maybe one that just is etched in your brain for this is a great mask moment
1: wow Uh, I guess the best part of the episodes really that stuck out was the the bickering I don't know why that sticks out but I think it's because we see more humanity from uh, Venom so the bickering between Vanessa Mm -hmm. and Rax and and like I said eventually Dagger we see that bickering and I think that's one of the best are most highlights that we've seen throughout the whole series.
0: (laughs) Vanessa should give up fighting. She can kill with her coffee. Here's mud in your eye. Lousy pitch, Vanessa.
1: You don't see too much. You always see uh, it seems to be Miles and occasionally Vanessa barking. But Mm -hmm. it's more like one directional. There's never really a reply or, or recant of what yeah. they're saying, I know we've noted in the past how Rax can't stay on the bike sometimes, but I think genuinely the the best part of the episodes is uh, at least these these last ten is this edgy this this almost sibling rivalry that we see there mm-hmm. with uh, with the Venom crew. Yeah.
0: You make this stuff. What did you say? What? Uh, hey, hey, cut it out. This thing might go off. Yeah, I mean that was that was one of the ones that stuck out to me and I don't know. I took a a lot of time to think about some of those moments that just kind of wild me. Um one we mentioned was Condor coming in in secret of Andes and saving the day out of nowhere. And uh, the animation of that was great. And then one also that I really liked was that slow motion of Gator busting through the ice in Lost Riches of Rio over Jackhammer. Um, That was kind of surprising to begin with how they used that ice cannon, raised up the chassis and, you know, froze the pond. And then he goes busting through there, but it's in slow motion. Right. I thought that was pretty cool, but... I guess what I took away from all of these is my favorite moment was when Hondo gets Night Stalker at the end of a uh, Matter of Gravity, where the whole team is there to kind of celebrate this new vehicle after he lost his, and it was almost like a surprise party, really. He didn't know what was going on to some extent, and then... Having them all gathered around at the end, showing the vehicle, you know, transformed for the first time and uh, fading out from that scene. I thought that was probably my favorite moment of all of these episodes. Matt, I have to get going. I have classes to teach, you know.
1: This will only take a second. Just thought you'd like to see what you'll be driving on your next mission. Meet Night Stalker.
0: I I I don't know what to say. Yes, I do. Thanks, Matt. Let's go into a fun little section here where we compare this section twenty one through thirty to our stats from episodes one to ten and eleven to twenty and it was kind of interesting to see these numbers I came up with if we you know we're gonna rate what the top rating for uh, a section would be if we gave it all fives five times ten would be fifty our total ranking. For 21 to 30, for me, would be 35, and you would be 42, which actually ranks second only to the first 10 episodes, which I gave a 38, and you gave a 44. Right. Um, So it looks like this was a little bit better than the 11 to 20 section, which I gave a 32, and you gave a 36. Some of the things also that stuck out at me is I've been pretty consistent with my fives. <laughs> I've given two fives out in each of the sections, whereas uh, this one was your most
1: fives, yeah, f- uh,
0: perfect episode section where you <laughs> gave five of them out. Half of the episodes you thought were fives and still had some, though, on the lower end that you hadn't so much uh, given before. Right. And of course, uh, we might as well note that this section was also our first one, which was me. And I had uh, at least one episode that was in each of the five.
1: That is true. You did parts
0: of the uh, parts of the scale. So, uh, anything that jumps out to you, um, as far as is that a pretty good assessment? This twenty-one to thirty might be the uh, the second favorite section so far.
1: I would actually say so. I think the first ten. We're probably a, one of our favorite uh well obviously it was our favorite time or or volume, so to speak of mask uh, but I think this this most recent volume has been i think it's come up i don't know what was i don't remember entirely what was in the second volume there that uh, seemed to have lowered our ratings, but uh, obviously there was something there that uh, or so, or ticks or something that yeah just what well, just didn't captivate us as well as uh the first and third yeah I think or...
0: it was i th- I think it was that we set the bar at a certain level on those first ten mm-hmm. and that next section either deviated a little bit too much or just didn't reach that point from the first ten, and these twenty one through thirty almost came back in. Rejuvenated, or or was more like those first ten, and a lot of the same characteristics that we saw as we were watching. So, so that was fun. Um, before we go, uh, we also wanted just to shout out uh, the special podcast that we did uh, while we were amidst reviewing twenty-one to thirty. Um, one of those was the MattTracker.com charity auction. The little interview I had with Bill Ferries, which was actually quite a while ago now, but um, just wanted to point that out. That was a really cool to be a part of, and just want to thank Bill, I guess on behalf of us and the, the community for putting that charity auction on. I know it was a pretty big deal. We got some uh, people opened up their wallets to uh, to give to a good cause, which was the Hurricane Sandy relief that was uh, close to actually where he lived and where you lived at one point there.
1: Right. And I, uh, I, I know we've apologized, but I I really wished I could have been a, a part of that episode.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, it was, it's still a fun listen. I went back and listened to that, uh, podcast a little while ago and, uh, it was just neat to hear his story and a little bit about his, uh, motivation behind that. And, I believe the next episode after that, you actually chimed in and and talked about how you helped out the effort as well. So that was really cool. And then, of course, uh, we did go over the first series of comic books. There's four issues with Eric over at BoulderHill.net. That was pretty fun, and that was also one of those episodes that uh, was kind of a long time coming. Yes. (laughs) We had taken a significant break there where our schedules just didn't seem to match up, and uh, finally, I think it was the beginning of this year, actually, that was our first episode of 2014, that we sat down with Eric, and I just want to thank him for uh, giving his input and putting those issues up on his website, I I believe they're still there, and um, hopefully this next year will be fun to take another podcast, or two, to go over the nine issues in the second series and and talk a little bit more comic books. Um, it's just fun to open those up for me and to see some stories that deviated from the cartoon world, right. cartoon universe that we're used to. And then finally, of course, probably our uh, <laughs> one of our best podcasts, at least in my opinion, was when we got Doug Stone to... Come on line with us and give a little interview. That was uh, that was so much fun.
1: Yes, that was a blast.
0: Um, and he even joked around when you had some issues at the beginning trying to get online. Uh, may- mayhem was behind, you know, trying to get to, <laughs> trying to keep you from from joining us on the interview. But that was just a, a thrill,
1: right? I I enjoyed it, and I know I said it in the podcast there, but it was. It was real a joy to to be able to talk to one of our voice actors that we grew up with. You know, like I mentioned before, it was we would have never thought or fathomed that we could talk to any one of our voice actors ever in our in our future. So it was just uh, humbling and, and a, a joy to be able to, to to talk with him. And you know, it was he was joking, like you said, it was joking around, and, and it was fun to, to yeah all the way around
0: well and the the fact that he could remember as much as he remembered here 30 years later that
1: is true because
0: was many, pretty amazing it
1: is and how many voices like he said thousands and how, how he was, still remembers that far back on that when i can only imagine that he goes through lines and lines and lines just like uh, what we take for granted you know all the actors from our favorite shows whether it's back in the 80s or today that go yeah. through series, you know, 10 seasons or whatever, if they can remember one or two scenes from back <laughs> in the day, that that's, that's probably pretty impressive. Right. Um, but for him, 30 years later, and being able to remember, even to be able to, to produce the voices and, and yeah. then be able to say – you know, I just cannot pull off a Matt Tracker anymore. It's going to be Grandpa <laughs> Matt Tracker or something. I think he said, uh, yeah. you know, to that effect. But he could still pull off a Hondo. He still pulled off Dusty and uh, Bruce Sata. With uh, I, I didn't tell any difference in his in his voice.
0: Yeah, so. that was uh, that was pretty cool, and it helped that it was his basically his first major voice acting job that, you know, we all remember our first jobs and how that affected our, you know, working career. But I think we were lucky that that was his first major one that he can remember. Right. All the different uh, experiences he had with doing the auditions to, you know, how the characters stood and, you know, even remembering some of the nuances of the characters. Right. <laughs> It was just pretty amazing, and we really appreciated his time and still appreciate his, him coming on with us. And Keep your fingers crossed that maybe we can get one or two more in the in the next year. That would be a real thrill to get some more of the actors on MassCast.
1: Speaking of, that is part of our plan for next year. Uh, we're, Jason has laid out a pretty aggressive plan for us. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're hoping that our schedules will lighten up enough that we can – just stay on track uh this past year as jason can attest we've just been bombarded if you will with life (laughs) as right
0: and you know that's we we do this for fun so uh we it's more of an escape from us to to do that and being able to just take a break from the uh, normal day-to-day <laughs> rut that sometimes we, as uh, family men, go through. But I don't know. We'll see if we can get our, uh, our get this plan done and get through episode 50 uh, by the end of 2015. But that would accumulate to about two podcasts per month, which I don't think is too far out of our reach. No. Um, and that would also include hopefully some special episodes with. Uh, guests in between the reviews and uh, maybe some other parts of the mask universe that we can talk about while we uh, are going through our journey to episode 75 someday
1: that's right but
0: uh it's been a great uh great year uh, as we reviewed a pretty good section of the the cartoon series 21 through 30 and we appreciate everybody come alongside us and listening and Interacting with us throughout the year.
1: Uh, I agree. And, you know, I, I do appreciate and want to mention the fans that uh, continue to listen to us at MassCast and uh, visit us on our website at com, as well as our Facebook page and even our Twitter account. We really appreciate how you, you stick with us, uh, even though, like we've said, we're family men. We, we haven't had the, the time like we, we'd like to devote to MassCast particularly, but uh, we do have a blast when we can get together. We hope to, that our, like we said, that we can free it up for next year. And until then, thanks for listening to MassCast. Mass.